Welcome to Uncontained, episode 187. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I meet up with the frontman of the band Water Strider, Nate Salmon. He also plays most of the instruments, if not all the instruments, while recording, but he does have a live band with him to go. We'll talk a little bit about that. And we meet up at Tiny Telephone Studio in San Francisco, California. It's a recording studio in a repurposed warehouse building that has a really cool feel to it, really cool look, kind of a lot of wood interior and like shake kind of shingling inside along with uh, a couple really cool studio rooms. Like, and I got to take a brief tour of it before we did the interview bands such as death cab for cutie have uh, recorded there so they've had a few uh, bigger names come through and record but the reason we met up there is because my guest nate was uh recording uh recording some guitar work on another artist's track so uh we'll talk about that during the show and i apologize if at the beginning of it it's a little add jumping all over the place but uh there was a lot to look at in the studio and it brought up things and well that's the way the conversation unfolded but i do believe that ADD-ness of the conversation kind of actually led to some interesting uh, conversation points so you know i didn't try to change anything in it we just rolled with the conversation so um before we jump into the interview, I do want to say I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, had uh, way too much to eat, some time spent with family and friends, and uh, you know had a chance to have a few days off from work because uh, that, that's really what's important, the no work and uh, eating too much with family and friends. So um, yeah, I hope everybody had a great holiday and uh, the holiday shopping isn't stressing them out too much. If you want to help support the show and give the gift of uh, shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise, you can find that all at Uncontained's Tee Public store. All you got to do is go to tpublic.com and search Uncontained, and that will bring you to the Uncontained store. You got some shirts, some coffee mugs. Um, you know, you can even get uh, iPhone covers there if that's what you want, or if you want to go the more conventional route please just go to uncontainedpod.com and uh, there's the Amazon banner at the top of the page. It helps support the show and you can get your shopping done from your couch. So um, yeah, those are some options to help relieve your holiday shopping stress. I really do hope you are enjoying the holidays, but now let's jump back to, uh, let's say the matter at hand, the interview I have coming up. I first heard uh, my guest band's Water Strider on the radio here at Alt 105.3, the Bay Area's alternative, on a show called Soundchecked, hosted by Aaron Axelson, where it uh, spotlights uh, some independent bands, uh, alternative bands, kind of like what I did when I was in college doing my indie show on KBVU The Edge, but he gets to do it on a much larger scale, and I, I respect him for that. But I heard that this band was from Oakland, heard the music, my wife was like, you got to get these guys on the show so uh reached out set it up and uh this is the track that we actually heard on soundcheck so uh take a listen this is way out and then we'll talk to nate and find out how he lives uncontained right here so enjoy way out by water strider I'm 
let's just keep on rolling right now. We kind of got okay. stuff going. Um, so you are in the band Water Strider. You are the singer and guitarist of the band, correct? Yeah, and producer, and, and I play most of the instruments on the recordings. <laughs> yeah, okay. So are you like kind of like a Trent Reznor type uh, yeah, character it, as where you record everything and then you get a band to play it live? Yes and no. Uh, I, I really like collaborating as much as I can. Okay. Um, it sort of was, it came out of like a, a necessity to be able to just record the things that I had in my head as quickly as possible without having to like call people up and be like, come play drums on this, come do. But I always prefer having other people do those things when I can, okay. when they're around. So uh, do you view yourself as more of a singer or a guitar player or... That's a good question. Just uh, overall musician. Yeah, a musician, I think, is the best way that I look at myself. Okay, all right. Because I, I feel like I do a lot of different things. I'm like a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Okay, of. fair enough, fair <laughs> that's, enough. That's the way I describe myself a lot to people. Fair. In terms of my musicianal, my <laughs> musicianal abilities. I think I just invented a new word. Musicianal? musicianal. Yeah, yeah they, they they got all sorts of new words being invented nowadays, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So we, we'll allow that one. I'll, you know, I'll let you TM Thanks. that one, trademark okay. it right here on Uncontained. All right. <laughs> got it. It's mine now. Yes, yes. It, it was spoken to reality right now. Mm-hmm. So how long has Water Strider been a band? Um, since 2009, I should say. 2009. 2009 okay so you're going just over 10 years now yeah and it's had a lot of different versions but yeah okay all right i was just gonna ask is it the same lineup because that'd be impressive no, for 11 yeah. years no <laughs> i'm the only consistent member at this point i think um okay since the beginning but uh walker johnson who plays drums with me live is probably the other person that's been around the longest so okay fair enough um, um now I actually heard about you. We were listening to uh, Soundcheck with Aaron Axelson. Oh, awesome. He's yeah. like, here's a band from Berkeley. Cool. And uh, check it out. I'm like, okay, a local band. Let's take a, take a listen. I don't remember the name of the track that they played on the mm. show. But then we're like, okay, let's get a hold of them and see if we can they, they'll awesome. do the show. And now now we're here. So There you go. Um, Hanging out in John Vanderslice's a wonderful creation. Yes, the tiny telephone studios. Is that yeah, the, this is yeah. one of two now. There's one in Oakland as well. Yeah, it's actually really cool. It's like a repurposed, like, industrial, mm-hmm. like, shed in a I, way. I should know more about the story of it. I know that he, uh, he, t- he always tells the story if he's around, but he's not around today, so. Oh, damn. We should have should have picked a day where he's around so you could just do a cameo drop yeah. in and tell a story. Yeah, but it's, he, he has a lot of good stories, so. <laughs> Yeah. It would have been good. Do you know of anybody who's recorded here? Like oh, yeah. any like a legendary lot. names um, or anything like that? Yeah, or? Death Cab for Cutie. Oh really? Um, yeah. Uh man, there's a whole bunch. That's the only one that I just saw the like um the there's like a I don't know, you can walk around and look at the walls and probably find some records that you've heard of. Deerhoof, okay. I know they recorded a bunch here. Honestly, like a lot of people have come through the studio. Very uh, cool. Particularly the San Francisco one. The Oakland one's only like a few years old at this point, like maybe three to four years old. I could be wrong about that. But, it's a, it's yeah. interesting too. There's a lot of music stuff around what you'd expect in a studio, but then there's a lot of like nature scenery and pictures. Yeah, like that almost looks like a um like what's that what's the guy's name that was on PBS? Oh, Bob name. Ross. Yeah, Bob Ross. That looks oh, like a man. Bob Ross painting right there. Yes, <laughs> yes. Happy little trees. Some, uh, some pretty happy little trees. Yeah, and then you've got they, David Bowie with they a gun. They even have friends. And David Bowie with a gun right next to it. He's yeah. getting ready to go hunting or something. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody hunts with a revolver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Um, so, yeah. all right. So, yeah, the studio's really cool that we're here. So I'm glad you actually invited me to come out here and check this out. Yeah, I'm uh, glad I was allowed to. I'm kind of like crashing my friend's uh, recording session. So it's all good. That, that's, all, <laughs> that's always fun. You know, yeah. I'm sure she appreciates it. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll have to talk to her on the show at some point. You give her Give her a She's shout great. out. What's yeah. her name? What, she, what type of music does she do? Yeah, Sammy Freeman. She makes like amazing like folk pop maybe. Is the, I don't know how she would Folk describe it. Pop. I'm okay. just gonna say she she writes pop music, but like, yeah, she's good at a lot of things. So, all right, very cool, very cool, just man. Whatever so. she does is is brilliant. So let's switch this back to you here. Okay. Real quick. <laughs> okay. We'll uh, we've had a nice little talking about the atmosphere where we're at, but this is your interview here. For sure. So okay. let let's roll with it and like talk about. Okay, your band's been around for 10, 11 years now. Mm. Um. Now, how did 
you come about getting into music? Was it something like you were born with a guitar in your hand or uh, did No. Um it was a it's a weird kind of story. I was um I was like in elementary school. I had a had a music teacher. You know, we'd do like songs, we'd sing like you know, putting on the Ritz or whatever. Okay. <laughs> and um and then before music class every day there would always be like kids jumping up on the piano and playing a little bit. And I remember at one point just being like, I kind of want to do that. I don't know why, but I really want to do that. I want to play the <laughs> piano. And I remember going to my mom um, and my dad, I guess, too. But I feel like it was mostly my mom. I mean, like, hey, like, I kind of want to know how to play the piano. And, like, my music teacher is kind of encouraging me because she sees that I'm interested. And so I I went off and uh, started taking lessons. And, um yeah it was great we didn't have a piano for a while so i was just like practicing on a piece of paper that looked like a piano <laughs> it's probably for, like a couple it, it, I'm sure like it a month or something good it does some good but yeah. it's like not quite the same feel. no not quite the same thing but when you're just like learning what the notes are and like playing you know frere jaca i think it's okay yeah it helps get your fingers moving and off the like the the short bus definitely you know? definitely um but so the piano was your first instrument that mm-hmm. you you started playing now how long did it take you to start picking up other in- instruments um that's i i started to play guitar when i was 12 um i just that was another thing like my mom had a guitar sitting in a closet um, that she had bought when she was like probably in her twenties or something. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting. It was like old classical nylon string guitar Okay. and like wouldn't stay in tune cause the strings were like a thousand years old. <laughs> um, and so I picked it up and started to fuss around with it and then bought like a book of like teach yourself how to play rhythm guitar. And so I started doing that. Um, and then at some point I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm not really feeling as inspired by playing classical piano which is what i was doing like very classical like playing bach and chopin and stuff like that which i still love to do sometimes but uh at the time it was just not inspiring me the way that like Jimi hendrix and led zeppelin and radiohead were (laughs) it's understandable it's understandable yeah um you know the classics are good or classical is good but it's also good to grow and expand into other types of music as well yeah and like through that experience i got into playing like folk music and uh, my guitar teacher was like a bluegrass musician so i was learning lots of like crazy you know fiddle tunes (laughs) um that was really fun i think it informed a lot of how i play um and then Later on, I got like really into listening to a lot of like West African guitar players and South African guitar players. And how did you come about like them, like the West African and South African guitar players? Uh, it was first. It was like through Fela Kuti, um, and then there was a guy named Thomas Mapfumo, who I believe is from Zimbabwe, I think. Um, and his music is amazing. Uh, yeah, I just I just kind of like it was like following the the trail of of beautiful polyrhythmic breadcrumbs that were like opening up in front of me and I was like, "Oh, I just want to absorb all this music and try and understand it even though I feel like a silly like, you know, appropriating white boy, but that's okay." <laughs> <laughs> but I I have so much respect for like all the music that comes out of that part of the world and and then a lot of like South American music too, like Brazilian music. Um, right on. very yeah. cool man so do you think playing piano and getting that classical background helped you like appreciate or be able to decipher music better do you hear parts of music that you don't think you'd hear without that background yeah i mean i think every part of my journey is contributing to like my growth um all the good and all the bad um so I think, yeah, you know, everything you do as an artist in whatever field you're in, I think is going to like definitely affect your, your ability to, you know, yeah, grow. <laughs> I don't know. That was very well put, but I, sorry, I, 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 got, I got distracted. It's all right. I'm no, sorry. I was, okay. uh, I was putting my mic in a stand and I may have distracted it's you okay. a little bit. I'm easily distractible. It's all right. ADD, <laughs> it, it's, it's strong with me too. Um, <laughs> It's mostly like I just start to space out, you know? It's like those things where you're like talking to someone and then you're like, hmm, like that picture of David Bowie. Why is there a chain in it? 
And then my brain goes on like this tangent of like thinking about something that's totally different from what my mouth is doing. <laughs> yes, yes. I've, I've had conversations in my head as I've had conversations that were completely different in, right. out in yeah. open air. And I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm yeah. hopefully, hopefully I can keep you, keep your attention a little <laughs> yeah, bit here. You definitely are. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm a, a little bit of an alien, so. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Aren't we all? We are definitely. It was actually kind of cool. Like I was just in Thailand mm-hmm. with my wife on our honeymoon, and oh, well, uh, we went yeah. to a a few temples. And one of the temples, it was one that actually women can't go into. Um, well, that's not it, very nice. It's yeah, no. <laughs> like some of the monks thought women were dirty or something like that. That's what. That's what or unpure, unpure. That's more hmm. pc i guess um, <laughs> i don't but... know if any of that is pc <laughs> doesn't it's not correct with me it, it, would, a... it wouldn't fly in the united states yeah but um when in there speaking of aliens they had like ufos like etched oh, in wow. silver and like rocket ships and stuff like that and then like kind of evolution on the thing it was Interesting. it was yeah, it was like monkey evolving into man, oh, the then Buddha. Oh, okay. uh, so it was. How did the How did the UFOs play into that? You know, I think it was remodeled. Okay, I was like, but, I was like, they're saying like the the ancient monks were just sitting in there going like, we got all of our magic from aliens. Maybe, but Maybe. you know, you have, know, have you ever watched the show Ancient Aliens? I, you know, I haven't, but I've heard you about it. <laughs> it. It's it's interesting. I'm not necessarily buying everything they're selling, but okay. you know, there's like maybe aliens came down and created, and man, maybe they're the creator, or maybe aliens like hooked up with monkeys and created man. I don't know. That's it's. I think it's a possibility. I'm not writing it off. That's what they always say on that show, too. (laughs) They're like, is it possible that aliens came down and mated with monkey to create man? Experts say, yes. (laughs) You should be the the narrator on that show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You sold me. You sold me. But they have that dramatic pause there, too, right before the... Yes, they yeah. n- they never say no though. They never say no. But all right, Just Jesus, yes. this That's is nice. like a very ADD conversation. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Fa- <laughs> I'm, I'm falling into it too. No, it's not. It's not your fault, man. It's not your fault. I'm directing and talking about ancient aliens and temples and uh, Thailand and yeah. stuff like that. So as I said, I like to keep it conversational. I like it. I like and it. Uh, if talking about aliens is what makes this conversation happen let's do it i'm I'm, I'm on board (laughs) i'm on board for all of it all right man so um let's see let's jump back into music though okay all right so you mentioned you mentioned uh south african guitar Mm -hmm. and that being kind of something that stimulated you as far as music went Mm -hmm. who are some of your other influences uh yes this band from iceland called sieros okay or Sigurros. <laughs> whichever way you pronounce Whatever it. Whatever way you pronounce it. That's the American way of pronouncing my, it. My Icelandic is a little rusty. Uh, mine too, but I know that you say Sigurros, so I started okay. saying it that way, and I probably sound like a pretentious douche, but... <laughs> you know, I always... I I understand that. Like, sometimes, you know, like, if you go to, like, a... Uh, I'll just use a taco truck since that's outside my work where I work. <laughs> and they they start speaking Spanish to you and say, like, gracias. It's like, do I feel pretentious saying de nada back to them? You know? And then I feel like, haha, I know a couple words of Spanish since I don't really know Spanish. Right. That's maybe a little too self-congratulatory, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I feel like, yeah, Do I feel, I feel like pretentious no. by saying that? Like, I think it's just like, yeah. Or should I feel pretentious? I think you should just do what you want to do as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Okay, so <laughs> that's my philosophy. Just eat the In quesadilla general. and be happy. And just say thank you or gracias or whatever you want to say back. Or thank you in another language. Maybe, maybe if that's all you can speak or be like grazia, be like Italian. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if that would be offensive. I don't know. Anyway, so music. <laughs> yes, music. Yes, ADD. Back to music. Your influences. My influences. And yeah, uh, yeah. Siros. Um, I I love Björk, another Icelandic artist. Um. I like a lot of stuff that's not American. Okay. Um, Radiohead is a huge Swedish death metal. You know, not Swedish death metal per se, though I do appreciate it. Okay. But I do like, um, there's a singer named Anne Brun, who's a Norwegian-Swedish singer, I believe. Um, I've been getting really into like a lot of Scandinavian music, actually, in the last few years. 
including like all the Scandinavian like pop stuff. Hmm. There's a Norwegian singer named Aurora that I, I'm a really big fan of. Interesting. Um, but my early influences, yeah, it was like Radiohead, Paul Simon, Nick Drake, Joni Mitchell, Fela Kuti were probably like some of the Encieros or some of like the big, yeah. big ones. Okay, cool. So I'll take that a step further. Like how do those influences play a role in your music now? Yeah, I mean the atmospheric aspect of like a lot of that like Icelandic stuff that I was listening to, Bjork and um you know, and Encieros. It was it, they have like this atmosphere, this like tr- trippy ethereal quality that feels very landscape like. It's like it throws you into another world. Hmm. That's always something that I'm trying to do with my music. Okay. I'm not going to say that I have figured out how to do it, but it's something that I'm constantly keeping in the back of my mind, even as I'm like, you know what, I'm going to like make a way more like electro-y song, or I'm going to make a way more mellow piano driven song. Um, those, that atmospheric aspect is always there. And in terms of like Fela Kuti and some of like West African stuff that I've listened to, some of the like Nigeria 70 compilations that I think are yeah. amaz- amazing. Um, that stuff is like all in the rhythms for me. It's like, I just was trying to absorb, you know, that kind of polyrhythm mentality of like creating these really interesting interlocking parts. Um, and I do, I, I still do that a bit. I think I've, I kind of go back and forth with what I'm into, but, um, yeah, that was a big part of my early, early songwriting was borrowing from all those polyrhythms and things like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now for um water strider mm. uh what what are you working on now like what you were in studio recording something for somebody else today mm-hmm. yeah um uh, but what what projects are going on with you right now uh any cds shows uh yeah um no cds unfortunately <laughs> i ran out <laughs> 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 but i have a uh, i have a record that i released a couple years ago called nowhere now and then i just put out an ep that was like a full length and I just put on EP like a few months ago. Was that a few months ago? It was like almost six months ago, like June, end of June. Relatively. Yeah. A few re- months in, ago. in my world, it's new. I need to, <laughs> I need to make that. I need to make more things more often. But yeah, that was, uh, that was the last EP I put out. It's called Way Out. That was like five songs. I recorded it in London. Um, oh, I actually really? went over to Sweden and started working on a lot of those songs with the producer over there and then went over to London and, and kind of finished the EP there. So how did you get set up with a producer in uh, Sweden? Uh, connections through some of the people that I work with, um, my team, I guess. I have a, a publisher who's really amazing. Um, the, they're called Figure Eight Publishing, Paul Brown. And then uh, I've been working with Brian Burton's record label called 30th Century Records. Okay. Um, yeah, so they, they had they had connections over there and they they there's some other artists there on the same publishing company as me uh called saint francis hotel and they're also like a production duo and they're really really awesome where are they from they're from ireland originally but they live in london now yeah okay very cool um and i'm not allowed to tell you their real names (laughs) sworn to secrecy i won't ask i don't want to get you in trouble i actually don't know if that's true i don't think that is true but i remember i I was going to credit them under their names they're like no 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 St. Francis Hotel, all their pictures, their press photos are like, I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, well, you don't want the like <laughs> IRA coming after you <laughs> or anything like that, you know. I've the Irish that. Cultural Police, the ICP. Is, is that the something? The Insane Clown Posse, Irish yeah, Cultural insane, Police. Is that what they are? <laughs> Apparently. I, don't, I, just, I just made that up too. Okay, fair Musicianal. enough. Yeah. It's just musicianal. I think this stuff. is one of the first times I think we've had Insane Clown Posse brought up on their show. So <laughs> congratulations. I'm a, big fan. I'm a I'm a what I don't even know what Are they call you a those. juggalo? A juggalo. That's what they call <laughs> I'm I'm not a juggalo. No, no I, I didn't pick that vibe. Well, I have from I have you. respect you have... for the juggalo ness. Just kooky people. I, I appreciate all weirdos. I may have talked about them <laughs> once I'm before, well. talking about one of their song, like Miracle oh, or wow. something. So talking it's not about, the first time. It might not be, because I think I may have brought up, because somebody mentioned Magnets. And in their song, they're like, Magnets, how do they work? And it's like... It's the eternal question. Yeah, it's like, it's science. 
Uh, but yeah, and they're like, no, it's a miracle. Miracles are everywhere around you or something. It's, it, I think it was supposed to be an inspirational song, yeah. like kind of like that, but it turned out being kind of cheesy, you know, kind of missed the mark a little bit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It kind of happens when you're wearing clown makeup, trying to be inspirational. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, anyone can be inspirational. Though, Just right? my opinion, my <laughs> opinion. I don't want any juggalos coming after me, but that song made me laugh. That's all I'm saying. Hey, you know, to each their own. That's what I say. <laughs> all right. All Whatever right. makes so you happy. Now it's official, though. If it hadn't been before, ICP <laughs> has been mentioned in this. Uh, now back to the... Hashtag ICP. Back to London. What was that experience like recording there? Uh, it was incredible. Uh, I went there for two weeks. Uh, I kind of did like a little sort of taster session, if you want to call it that, with them for like a few days. And the three of us just had a really good chemistry in the studio. And we like wrote a song in like a day together. And then we were like, oh, we should definitely do more of this. Um, So I went back and did two weeks there and we recorded a bunch. And yeah, it was was wonderful to like be able to, like I, I took the, the tube i guess i was gonna say the subway but the tube yeah every day um from my publisher's house actually he's letting me crash there and then uh yeah we just we just recorded for hours and hours at a time and it was just like it was like hanging out with friends which was the right atmosphere for when you're working on a creative project i think i'm always looking for like the right the right feeling like i'm always chasing a feeling you know yeah so if it's if you're not if you're not getting the right feeling then you're like fighting with yourself and fighting with the atmosphere and like i've been in that situation a number of times where i'm like this is almost right but i don't feel fully comfortable around this person or i don't feel fully comfortable in this environment like you have to find the people that are really there to support your vision and that you can like support each other because it's not it's not a one-way relationship you know so yeah like i could definitely see how that can affect um creativity in a mm. way because you to be creative sometimes like um you either need to be in a really uncomfortable place or a really comfortable place a lot of times yeah so yeah it's like either be like happy or be like creative out of necessity in a mm. way yeah i could be wrong for some people but that's what it kind of seems for me no yeah <laughs> it's kind of been that way a lot for me in my life where it's like when you're having a really hard time it's like suddenly you're really creative or when you're having you know, really, a really grounded moment where you're like, wow, I just, I feel embodied. I feel like I know where I'm coming from with this art and what I'm, why I'm doing it. <laughs> then yeah. you can create from that place too. Those weird in, in between places where you're like, I don't know what the point of everything, what anything is, you know? And mm-hmm. I find myself constantly riding those waves, but I feel like, you know, knock on wood, but I feel, I feel like <laughs> I've, uh, like I've managed to find a, pl- a way to sort of like, ground myself when i need to ground myself yeah. and then to to open up my like emotional you know release the valve on the emotions when i need to as well um in a very healthy way i think as opposed to just being sort of ruled by my emotions which is what happens to me sometimes how so uh just there's been times when when i've let things really get to me uh yeah i'm trying to think of like I don't know, a specific example, but, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, there, there's been, been some very trying times, you know, like, like heartbreak or something like that. Okay. Um, where I just would, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my music has come from like that place of like, what is my value if I'm not in a partnership with a person or what is my, how do I exist without love or, or kind of going like, what is, what is love? What is what is it to be alive you know like just these like yeah. big existential sort of questions um and trying I, to play socrates or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> i find myself kind of philosophizing with my own brain uh, and sometimes to make that's sense just of like a all. vicious loop you go yeah in circles. yeah but you know i've tried to like not devalue it sometimes i've been like what do i know you know but it's like well yeah i don't really know anything but do any of us know anything like that's kind of the point of art right like to share your your experience so that you can feel not alone <laughs> yeah in a way that's kind of like uh the imposter syndrome yeah or whatever like you feel yeah. like uh i don't know they'll find me out sometime that i'm yeah fake. <laughs> yeah I was, I was actually just reading amanda palmer's book do you know amanda palmer from the no, Dresden dolls she's a really awesome like kind of performance artist musician does everything but definitely known mostly for like her 
her just stellar kind of unapologetic f- approach to art. Okay. Um, and she has a book called the art of asking and her whole, she, she's always me- mentioning like the fraud police, which I thought was a really good concept. Like when you, when you create something and somebody recognizes it and you get some kind of validation, you're almost like, when are the fraud police going to show up and tell me like, no, no, no. How did you get away with this? Like, you're yeah. not good enough to, to be doing that. Like, that's just like a constant battle. Even when you're, you know, at a level where you're, you're making lots of money or whatever, and you've gotten lots of recognition for how good you are at your thing, you know, but I think it's just, that's not what it's about. It's about constantly challenging yourself. So if you're constantly challenging yourself, you're never really going to be satisfied and therefore always going to be feeling like the fraud police are going to come around the corner and tell you that. Okay. I, I yeah. Can, I can understand that. Does I that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. And yeah. you know, the, that fraud police is like, I don't know if it's just like creative types, but I think a lot of people experience that oh, yeah, as absolutely. well. Maybe yeah. not just creatives, but people who are like successful in their line of work. Like, maybe absolutely. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. They'll come bust me sooner or later. Yeah. There was another but, quote in the book too. I don't remember. It was credited to someone else, I think, but it was something like, like, yeah, you know, uh, like the people that are successful are the people that sort of stop apologizing for, for what they're trying to do. Cause they're okay. just like, Oh, I guess I'm good at this now. So I'm just going to pretend like I'm good at it. <laughs> they're just better <laughs> at pretending. I think that's what the quote was. It was okay. like, it was like successful people or professionals are just people that are better at pretending than you are. <laughs> something like that. Interesting. Interesting. I like that idea. <laughs> Maybe I need to start pretending. <laughs> I mean, we're all, that's kind of all we're doing, right? Like everything we do is sort of like, like when did I become a professional musician? I don't know. I still don't always consider myself that but then i'm like but i've managed to do this and i managed to do this and i've managed to get paid for things that involve music and maybe that makes me a professional musician but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep pretending for a while and hopefully that'll work okay (laughs) the more i try and and just you know pretend it seems to work out so yeah that's cool so like what aspect of are you pretending obviously you have Mm. the talent to play it's debatable but (laughs) So is it more, is it more like a attitude? Is it like faking confidence, like the faking confidence till you make it type thing? Yeah, I think a little bit. Or is it even if you aren't quite at the skill level, you want to be telling people you can do stuff that maybe just outside your skill level that you know you can eventually reach? Yeah. I mean, I think challenging yourself is, is that right? Like trying to do something that you haven't really done before. Yeah. And therefore you're, you kind of have to pretend till you make it happen. Right. And I think part like part of my enjoyment in making music comes out of the like attempt to recreate something that somebody else was doing that I'm like, ooh, that's a really cool thing. I'm gonna try and like s- copy that, steal that, right? <laughs> um, and I, I've sort of felt a lot of like guilt and shame about that idea for a long time. Like, oh, like am I just stealing this idea? And I'm like, well, no, because I'm just. I'm failing to recreate it and therefore making something else. And I think that failure, you know, if you want to call it a failure, but that, that sort of like you go down one pathway and find yourself kind of straying and getting distracted and going a different direction and then going like, Oh, actually like, you know, that, that tree that I was going to go check out in the woods is actually like, I'm going to go check out this building instead. And look, I, I built all these like interesting structures along the way and created a whole other little universe over here and that wood those woods over there are cool but (laughs) (laughs) this weird landscape over here is more interesting to me now and somehow i got there from going over there or aiming for that okay you know so it's (laughs) kind of like christopher columbus with national rediscovery day which i call it national Uh, rediscovery yeah he thought he was sailing to india and hit the united states so um or whatever land it was called back then yeah but we're all just uh, bumbling around and then sometimes it works in our favor i guess <laughs> yeah before i move into the final question is there anything that you wish i asked? oh yeah i mean there's a yeah i'm playing some some shows around the bay area and in bend oregon i'm playing a festival at the end of january which i'm not quite sure if that's been announced but it will be soon okay could be a debut of a concert announcement it could be it could be yeah if you're in oregon come to bend for the uh, Dark Night of the Soul Fest, I believe is what it's called. Dark Night of the Soul <laughs> Fest. I think that's what it's called. Oh, I don't want to get it wrong. But it's going to be cool. Um, some other bands playing that are really good. 
Is it like a gothic festival or something? I don't think like, so. No. I mean, the other bands that are playing, I guess, have some darkness to them, but I don't know. I'm okay if it's a goth festival. I, I've been telling people for a while lately that I, I was like a closet goth in high school. <laughs> like I always wanted to be a goth, but I wasn't. Okay. But I hung out with a lot of those people and I was like, man, I wish I could have the courage to like put on eyeliner and like wear all black, but I'm too afraid because I was afraid and I was just like, I know I'm just going to keep wearing my billabong sweatshirt and, you know, pretending I'm a surfer, even though I'm not at all. (laughs) Okay. So surfer by day and the world is misery by night. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was, that was high school Nate Salmon. (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right, man. So a little insight to what it was like growing up as uh, Nate Solomon, uh-huh. the closet <laughs> goth kid. Closet uh, goth, that's me. <laughs> all right, because so if it is a goth festival, that'd be that'd be interesting. Because yeah. looking at you, I didn't quite pick up the goth vibe. Yeah, uh, kind of went the opposite direction, I think. Yeah, in maybe, my adult life, maybe just a little bit, but that's all right. That's all right. You can change directions. Yeah. So you have shows coming up. Any like new music to keep an eye out for? Yeah, I'm working on some new music right now i'm gonna start releasing some singles i think in the new year um hopefully leading up to um an lp or an ep haven't quite decided yet i'm deciding to kind of like approach music in a in a sort of new way and i'm just gonna try and be more consistent about putting out things more often okay um trying to get into making some videos trying to get into making a little little podcast some friends of mine just like interviewing a bunch of my local musician friends nice talking about like I have all these amazing conversations with people about like philosophy and consciousness and you know crazy psychedelic journeys and whatever <laughs> and um I'm like this this could be cool you know we'll talk about music but also like go really deep on like human experience you know yeah yeah that could be that could be interesting you'll have to let me know when it's out yeah I'll let you know you, when, you, when you get it up and running i'll give uh, i'll give your podcast a plug cool so it's, yeah that's one of many projects that i have coming up in the new year hopefully i'll get them all figured out and find enough time to do all of them alongside oh. the other things that i'm trying to do all right very cool man so now i want to move on to the segment of the show that's kind of geared towards helping people who kind of want to get that foot inside the door of the mm-hmm. entertainment industry or take that next step so my first question of this segment would be um what advice do you have for people who are looking to uh, uh get their foot in the door or take that next step in the music industry yeah i i always say like just do just do it as soon as you can just start doing as much as you possibly can as soon as you can like it's probably not the advice that most parents want to hear <laughs> or probably my parents because i remember i said this to them they were frustrated with me but <laughs> like you know i went off to college and i was like this is great i studied music it was it was a good situation i don't regret it by any means but i think if i had no had a clear vision of like you know what i just really want to make music in this particular way um and the best way to do that is just to start doing it like for real like treat it like it's your job treat it like it's some like the most important thing in your world because if it is the most important thing in your world then you'll put a lot of effort and a lot of meaning into it okay so that kind of goes back to the pretending thing that you were talking a little bit, about yeah like not that it's the most important thing in the world for you but that pretend that it's your job until it actually becomes your job yeah yeah i'm still you know working on that a little bit but <laughs> it goes I, up and down you know? i'm still doing that too my friend yeah. uh like uh, i'm pretending this podcasting thing is my job until it is my job there you, you know <laughs> it's working well yeah 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 so all right so that's some good advice right there. Just kind of take it, act as if that is what you are doing for mm-hmm. your job at the moment. And then hopefully, as I said, that will become your real job if you stick with it long enough and get keep, you know, making that the priority. Yeah. Uh, I think also just, you know, looking, looking for like a bigger reason than to, you know, to just do it is a good reason, I guess, but you know, why, why are you wanting to do it? Like, is it for me? It's like, I want to connect with people, you know? Okay. Like I'm, I'm trying to create something that, that, yeah, that makes us not feel alone, I guess. Cause I've spent a lot of time feeling alone a little bit and okay. realizing that like having art, having other people's creations, it's like a window into the, the true nature of being 
another human being. I think more than any other way, like more than any conversation you could have with someone or more than any physical connection you could have with someone or anything. It's just like if you create something and you can experience the way that they experienced something, like through their emotional, you know, weight <laughs> of whatever whatever they might have created. I think that's like the most real, it's hard to put into words, but. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, it's, I, I gotcha, I gotcha. So, um I'm trying to think of how to summarize that up, but I, I really can't. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right. Yeah. But, all right, yeah, so it's that connection, though, with people that you. Yeah, yeah. That you you want to establish that's your motivation yeah. to keep doing music. Yeah, I think for a long time I haven't realized that like what I love about music is that feeling of like yeah that feeling of like community that feeling of you know sort of transcendental shared experience that you have when you go to a really good concert. Yeah. Um, or even just listening to a record and like being able to be like wow this opened up all these feelings in me or and then sharing that with somebody that you know and that that kind of sense of connectedness is just yeah that's the that's the biggest thing for me i think so okay very cool man so um now let's take another step into this uh section here um what is it that you do currently Mm. to promote yourself and water strider uh never enough (laughs) (laughs) it's the thing that i'm working on the most i'd say um and that goes back to this the same idea i think like i'm finally realizing like oh i can i can share my myself in sort of a vulnerable way and that's okay i don't have to just like pretend like i know what i'm doing or pretend like you know or i I do have to pretend in some context i guess (laughs) but you also like you can just be vulnerable and be like you know what like sometimes i wake up and i'm not feeling like i'm good at this thing and i think that sort of level of of sharing and and witnessing is like super profound and i think that's what we're looking for at least that's what i'm looking for in you know, my connection to people who are using like social media, like other artists. It's like, I want to know that they are human as well. Okay. So how uh, does that come across in your using social media to promote yourself? Uh, well, it's something like, I'm working you... on, <laughs> but, okay. but yeah, uh, I'm just trying to, to be less, less afraid to share. I think, um, I'm trying to be more intentional about like creating, you know, videos of just whatever I'm doing at any given moment, uh, asking people to take a photo, you know, just, and also like using it as a way to share, to share promotion. I think like, I like the idea of like, we're all sharing this sort of promotional weight. Like if I have a show with a bunch of friends of mine, like we're all promoting that show. It's not just me trying to promote myself. It's like, you know, trying to promote just good art and things that I care about. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, promotion. How? What am I doing to promote myself? Uh, never enough. I guess that's the my question. That's still my response. Do you have a like a strategy or anything like that? Like it sounds like mm. right now with your say you have a show and your friends are mm. there promote uh, other bands promoting it. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like exposing each other to each other's audiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. By that. Um, do you have any other strategies that you are trying to do more of mm. or like, what is it that you're trying to do more of on social media? Yeah. I'm definitely trying to, to just make a lot more content, I think, and just okay. be more consistent about making, yeah, making videos, making photos, making just random stuff to put on there that doesn't have to be some big thing that I slaved over. Okay. Um, yeah, trying to be more transparent and more, more vulnerable, honestly. That's just, uh, All right. that's my <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah, I mean, I think something that is cool that I've seen people do is, you know, just creating like, like creating a world around what I'm making is something I'm always thinking about. Like, not just making the music, which is what I'm focused on, but like yeah. also having a, an idea about what I want the art that goes along with it to look like what i want the visual atmosphere to be um you okay, know are you talking like for like stage show or everything like yeah everything album cover or like digital album cover yeah digital album cover yeah i want it all to be in the same world you know whatever i'm doing i want it to be you know thematically consistent i think okay and including my own like however I am like at any given time 
if I have a certain way that I'm carrying myself, then I'm like, yeah. okay, how do I, how do I make that connected to the visuals and connected to the actual music that I'm making? And so that like, I'm li- I'm living and embodying my art as much as I can. Okay. Okay. I think so that's super important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That'll help, uh, hopefully eliminate that imposter syndrome. Yeah, or the, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah the what was what was it that she said what police was it fraud police. the fraud police i was fraud thinking police. phony police that's all <laughs> that was coming to my mind but yeah so that will if you're living your art hopefully that will help uh eliminate that or at least minimize it some uh, now you shared some pretty cool stuff like talking about going to uh london mm. uh, and uh sweden to uh record some projects now what is a highlight that mm. you care to share with the uncontained audience? Uh, ooh, one of the most lucky things that I've ever been able to do was open for the Pixies. We did like four shows uh, opening like a little warm-up tour that they did before they went off to Europe. That was super, um, I was super fortunate to have that experience. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful about that. Uh, just being able to like, kind of witness a, a band that's been together for like a really long time and, you know, has had a lot of ups and downs in their own ways. And, but to, to witness that kind of community that's yeah. built around that band was, was super fascinating and to re- witness it from the other side. Cause I'm so used to being an audience member in those kinds of situations. And I still was, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, being able to like talk to them a little bit and being able to feel like, wow, like, you know, they're like what we're doing as the opening band is like the same thing as what they're doing as the headliner only they've you know built up all this infrastructure and have all these you know people that they've been able to hire because their their community has expanded so much you know their fan base their their friendship their you know it's it really is a community it's like yeah. you, you can't have a have a successful art project of any kind i think unless you build a community around it that is willing to support it and give to it and take from it and all that stuff like it's it's a give and take sort of situation okay i see that um now were you able to like talk with them a lot not as much as i wish (laughs) they were definitely more doing their own thing which is totally fine but i mean i talked to their drummer for a second the little conversations i did have with them it was like okay like there there is something like i've heard people say which is like you you can't be an asshole in the music industry anymore or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of always been true. There are people who are kind of notorious, but even there it's like now they're just notorious. And is that really like the kind of, or infamous, I guess they're infamously famous. (laughs) And I'm kind of like, like Axl Rose or whatever. Yeah. Or, um, Van Morrison. Van Morrison is kind of a notorious figure. Oh, really? I didn't heard that many stories about him, but Axl Rose heard plenty of. Yeah. Yeah. So since we got a highlight from you, like what mm. would be a hardship that uh, you care to share with a mm. uncontained audience? Yeah. Uh, a big hardship was, uh, yeah, I'm just going to be real. Uh, do it. Do <laughs> was, it. I yeah. encourage that. Yeah. I'm Don't like be all a about fraud. It. I'll call the exactly. police. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> no more of this non-vulnerable stuff. Um, yeah. I right around that time. Oh, so I got signed to a, to a label. Okay. which I mentioned earlier, um, 30th Century Records, um, super great folks, and uh, went through kind of a an up and down period with that, uh, where, you know, I had a manager at the time and was working with the label to kind of like, you know, get it, they were trying to help us develop and, and expand and find a bigger audience and all those kinds of things, which of course, as as an artist who wants to find success, you know, whatever that might mean. I, I was very on board with all those things and there was a lot of things I wish I'd said no to or that I that I'd had stronger opinions about uh that ended up being like I said I just kind of said yes and I'll do that and to most things that were suggested to yeah. me um and you know it resulted in some like friendships that ended and some relationships that ended and some really intense yeah kind of pain and heartbreak and uh you know, like a, a whole restructuring of the band kind of happened around that too. 
Okay. Yeah, these are very like, real things. I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> I don't need specifics, but no, do you have I any ask, yeah. um examples of like what were some of the things that you were asked to do that may have been detrimental to relationships with the band and mm. other people? Yeah, I uh I was asked to sort of downsize the band, which I I still think was kind of a good uh thing to do. Um it was basically like a a business decision because it was like we had a six-piece band at the time and it was a lot to to navigate so um yeah we were asked to like downsize to four pieces so that we could you know get more touring opportunities which you know we did get to open for the pixies so it's like with the negative comes the positive i guess in some capacity but it's like uh you know there was a uh you know my my percussion player and my my good friend who was singing and playing keyboards with us at the time uh ended up kind of like you know having these really hard conversations about like, well, we're going to be a four piece and, you know, the label thinks we should get rid of these people, but not these people. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was hard to go through, but it was also just like, you know, it's what happened. <laughs> so yeah. have those relationships been repaired at all? Or yeah, it still yeah. it took like some time, rocky? but yeah, no, the, the, those friendships are repaired, I think, but okay. I think it's, it's more like, the way that I handled those situations, you know, I, I went through a period of time where I was feeling pretty, pretty into myself <laughs> in okay. an unhealthy way. Okay. Um, and then the LSD lead singer's disease. Lead singer's <laughs> disease. I guess so. Yeah. I got the, I got the kind of ego thing going on cause I was just getting so much validation and you know, yeah. I'd quit my day job and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, I'm, I'm legit now. And I just let it go to my head and I didn't make very good music and it all kind of fell apart. Um, yeah, that was the other low light, I guess, was uh, yeah. experiencing this time where I just, uh, I I ended up getting a huge medical bill that I couldn't afford to pay off and, um, you know, having all these things sort of fall apart, including like my band dynamics and like the band became very professional and not as much of like this friendship and this deep connection. It was like, yeah. we were just you know, workers working together and it, it lost the like really deep meaning and connection for a while. Um, but I'm really, I'm really happy to have like rebuilt that with the, the two other people that I'm playing with now. It feels like a much more, you know, grounded communal, like shared experience as opposed to like, you know, you're my band and <laughs> do you do this. And yes, yes. That's yeah. Yeah, because, like, with the band, when you join and everything, you want it to be, like, kind of, like, uh, brotherhood or sisterhood yeah. or whoever's Familial. in the band. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, and and that's how it was. You know, we had, yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, that was another big thing was just, like, losing the the family dynamic and just losing, like, yeah, the familial aspect to it all was, was a bummer to just kind of go in this more attempt to be professional by, like, you know, yeah. treating it that way but it's like that's that's not what art is about that's not what creativity is about it's not about like just being a professional it's like about mm -hmm. something much deeper and somehow making that uh, your professional work you know yeah in a way sometimes the professionalism kills the creativity definitely you know yeah. so it, like it's it, they don't always work together yeah definitely some people find out how to do it that way but. yeah yeah and i was you know at the same time i was trying to make this record that was like i think me showing off like my abilities, like I'm a pro at this now. So check it out. I can do all this stuff. I'm going to produce everything myself. I'm going to play all the instruments and this and that. And it was just kind of like, you know, the songs weren't very good. Some of them are like, okay. I, you know, some of them lived on, but most of them I kind of threw away. And the the label was, which, which I really appreciate. They were very much like, you know what, this is not authentic to who you are. Like, of course we could sell this maybe, and it would maybe do commercially. Okay. And this and that they're like, but, we're not interested in that, which is part of the reason why I'm, you know, still working with them. Okay, cool. So you're still with the label. And yeah. You figured out a way to kind of coexist. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> we're okay. we're navigating it. It's the, yeah. the dynamic has changed for sure, but I'm I'm starting to do more stuff kind of on my own. You know, they've given me the freedom to be like, you know, if you want to put something out on your own, just do it. You know, do what do what you want to do. If you're really proud of it, and we're not totally feeling it, like you should go for it if you're, cause that's it's your cool, artistic. Actually. That's really cool. Actually. You don't yeah. hear that too often. Like, no. Like, now 
So when somebody does come and see you play, mm-hmm. or when somebody hears your music, whether it's through the label or something mm-hmm. that you put out on your own, is there something that you want them to feel or take away from the experience? What do you want them to remember? Mm. Uh, man, I mean, so the most the most magical experiences that I've had going to concerts and playing concerts has always been like this sort of transcendental, like beautiful connectedness feeling, I guess it's it's hard to describe, but like that kind of that transcendental feeling that you get from like a crazy meditation session or like even like really intense exercise or like crazy sex or <laughs> whatever it might be like any, any sort of, insane sort of ecstatic experience like that that is what i'm always aiming for to kind of like make people feel things as deeply as they possibly can and the only way that that's possible is if i feel things as deeply as i possibly can it's like this this transition or this transmission of of energy okay that's that's yeah that's what i'm hoping to that people take away is this really beautiful kind of sense of connectedness i think all right, yeah, and it made a lot of sense when you said that the only way I can get them to feel it is, like, when I feel it myself. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you think about it, like, you listen to some bands maybe do a cover of a song, all mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have the same feel as the original does because, in my opinion, they aren't relating to that song. They mm-hmm. aren't feeling what the person who originally wrote it mm-hmm. felt that made those pu- made them put those words on paper and then record them so it it might have they might have a different meaning to them that Mm. comes across but sometimes it just feels empty right and i I would say that there's plenty of covers though that i've heard as well where they'd like they interpreted it in maybe their own way or they took it to a new place that it's like it's magical you know true they've expanded on that original idea and they totally got the original idea but now they're going like yeah but this is my interpretation which i think is just as valid because i think i think your experience with you know my music or my creation and this goes for just kind of a i'm trying to go for a universal yeah, sort well, of well, idea universal that, yeah. you yeah the universal <laughs> you the universal me uh you know if if you have your interpretation and your experience with it i think that's just as valid as whatever the original intent is behind something in my opinion and okay. that's that's an opinion but right. i i think like other people should be able to interpret something in whatever the way they want and i really like having that sort of openness with with meaning like everything that i create i'm like oh cool like maybe this person interprets it this way or that way and i like that it can be vague and i don't always like to give away like exactly why i wrote something the way that i did just gonna (laughs) ask you that i was just gonna ask you if somebody comes up and asks you like hey what was this song about do you tell them uh i might tell them you know yeah loosely but even even i'm not always sure what the meaning is behind the song i wrote like to be honest it's just like (laughs) sometimes you write something and you're still deciphering it for years afterwards or it changes like i think i think songs can have life in the way that humans have life and we're they're dynamic and like you know i've heard that described by other songwriters and other artists too where it's like they create they create something and then you know like i'm sure paul paul mccartney i was gonna say paul simon love Paul Simon too, but Paul McCartney, <laughs> like playing Blackbird now, it's a totally different experience than when he first wrote Blackbird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's, it's a different, it's a different thing now. It's, it's had its own life and it's, it's affected so many people that they, that he probably gets up there and it's like, Oh, I wonder what this is going to do now when I play this, you know, when I weave these spells and cast this magic, yeah. that's, that's what concerts are like to me in a lot of ways. It's like this wizard that stands on stage or this like, magical person that stands on stage and just like goes like i'm gonna i'm gonna cast some spells (laughs) (laughs) hope you enjoy them (laughs) yeah if it's really good that's what it feels like in my opinion otherwise it's like bad spells it's like oh man you need to work on your wand skills Uh, yeah yeah sometimes sometimes it can be that way (laughs) more expelliarmus or whatever Avada yeah. Kedavra. No, that's that's the one that kills people. <laughs> uh, we don't want that one. Or what's the one from Army of Darkness? Have you seen that? Like uh, when with the Necronomicon? Uh, Is that the, like Nec- the Ash, the Ash, yeah, Ash. The Killer Dead or whatever? Ash well, Dead, Ash right? vs. the Evil Dead is a show that oh, was okay. made after right, the movie right. there was uh evil dead that's what yeah was evil right. dead yeah. was the first one so like the f- one and two were pretty much exactly the same except for one had a little higher budget gotcha. then uh after that came out 
uh, Army of Darkness. Okay. When he had the evil get into his hand and okay. had to lop it off and then got sent oh, back in time that's why he has the chainsaw? Times. And then, like, uh, yeah, he worked the chainsaw into a weapon on his hand. See, I clearly need to watch more of these movies. I, d- I never understood why he had a chainsaw arm, but now I do. So. Oh, I'm glad I could help enlighten you. Yeah. It's one of the <laughs> movies that helped me love horror movies, you know, because I was like, when I was like younger, I was like, these don't always scare me. I was like, I, I don't get it. But then it has that, it's like intentionally, like, kind of cheesy. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I can see, they're meant I can to see make Angela you laugh just as well. like judging you, too. It's great. Oh, yeah. 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 She, she does that all the time. I don't even notice it half the time. And plus, I'm blind in this eye, so I can't see her do it. So there's a reason she's on that side. Uh. <laughs> But, uh, all right, so I actually only have, like, one more uh, question for you, but okay. I actually have a couple things to do before I get there. One Absolutely. bonus question here. Okay. Where did you get the name Water Strider? Why, why did you name your band uh, that? Uh, it was given to me. It was uh, bestowed upon me by a friend, by a couple friends, uh, old friends of mine. Did back you like walk at the end on water? School. I wish, no. Uh, <laughs> I think it has more to do with the fact that I'm, like, kind of this skinny, like, kind of floaty person okay um definitely the skinniness is a factor they were like oh you're like a little sticky stick bug thing (laughs) (laughs) so they called me water strider that was like i think the origin okay but then also yeah the the fact that i I think it's just like i'm kind of a space cadet in a lot of ways and i'm kind of floating along and 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 i'm an observer maybe too like floating along the tops of things i don't know i'm still trying to figure out the meaning behind that name but i knew it felt right so i just went for it all right fair enough man um now where can people find you like what's your corner of the internet where can people find your music where can people find you tapping into your uh more real emotional side on social media yeah Um, yeah instagram that's probably like where I'm trying to do most of my, okay. my stuff. Okay, what's but, your uh, at on Instagram? Uh, Water Strider, I think. I think it's just Water Strider on Instagram. Okay, Water And Twitter as well, I believe. Water Strider Music on Facebook, I believe. Facebook.com slash Water Strider Music. Okay. And then WaterStriderMusic.com. All if right. you want to go there and see my really poorly made website, if anyone wants to make it, help me make a website, I'll pay you. <laughs> 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 please, please. I need to like hire these things out because I'm not good at them. Um, yeah. That's 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 a, that's a, that's the advice I should have given earlier was uh do not be afraid to ask for help from all the people that are way better at things than you are and pay them money for it when you can or just give them something in exchange if they're willing to do that. But, you know. Good advice. Or right if they're willing there, to give you it's free hard to do everything free yourself something, too. You know, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just like find the people that are better at the things that you, like are better at the things that you want to get better at than you. Does that make sense? I don't know if I phrased that I right. I think but so. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all if, right. you su- if you surround yourself with those people, you'll get better. And all then right. they'll also just do the things that you're not good at. <laughs> Hopefully, if you Definitely. can ask them to do it. Definitely. Definitely, man. That always helps out. Um, now, I will put all those links in the show notes so cool. people can easily find you and um, find your music and updates on what you're doing and stuff cool. like that. So um, check the show notes for yeah. contact information. Yeah, and Spotify, Spotify, <laughs> all the yeah. streaming things. I'm all over the streaming things. Just Water Strider. All right. So now to the final question here. It's a title question of the show. Nate. I've had a great time talking to you in Thanks, this cool studio here. Yeah. Um, Sorry we had to relocate. Halfway. Yeah, <laughs> we did. If, if the sound sounds different in the second half of the interview, it's because we got moved from one room to a kitchen. And it's because it, we are in a working space. What do you know? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> Actual people studio wanted being to recording. <laughs> record something in a recording studio. What I don't, do you know? I don't get what it. We know? were recording there first, <laughs> uh, but they booked it. Uh, <laughs> Paid money for it. We're just crafting. Yeah, yeah. We're Sorry, John. We're, no, we're just cool. here, but this is a really cool place. Uh, little telephone uh, recording studio. Tiny telephone. Tiny telephone. Yeah, All right. It, well, at a, yeah, <laughs> tiny telephone recording studio. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, thanks for bringing me in here. I appreciate your time. Yeah, and thanks I have, to Sammy Freeman again for letting us. What's that? I said thanks to Sammy Freeman again. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. And we'll have to possibly have her on the show and talk about talk about what you recorded and what she's releasing so yeah she's got some new stuff coming out probably sooner than i do 
All right, <laughs> fair enough. I do have that one final question <laughs> yeah, for you, though, absolutely. Nate. Uh, it's the title question of the show. Mm-hmm. Nate Solomon, how do you live uncontained? I just, you know, try to try to just connect. I try to connect as much as possible. I think, like, that that idea of connection is is everything to me right now. It's, um, yeah, not, not feeling alone, not being afraid, not apologizing for being who you are. Uh, that's a big thing in my life is just figuring out a lot of who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing and just, yeah, not, not apologizing for being a little weird or a little different or a little, yeah, a little, a little strange, a little floaty. <laughs> <laughs> a little water stridey. I had sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I have one final thing for you to do. Yeah. And that is sign off the show. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show today? Absolutely. Thanks. It's been an honor to be here. Hi, I'm Nate Salmon, and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Nate from Waterstrider for joining me at Tiny Telephone Studios in San Francisco to make this interview happen. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. You can uh, check out Nate's social media. Um, it will be in the show notes. It's pretty much Water Strider on everything. Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Bandcamp, stuff like that. So you can check out his music there. Hope everybody has a great holiday season. And I'll talk to you right before Christmas since we are back doing this once every other week. So uh, we'll have another episode coming out here for you in two weeks. So keep it right here on Uncontained, and until next time, as always, live uncontained.